You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. I get a lot of questions in my Instagram DMs because whenever a new person follows me, I invite them to ask questions. Feel free to steal that strategy, by the way. I can't remember where I got it, but I'm sure I did not come up with it on my own. Recently, I got a question from a new yoga teacher that perfectly frames a challenge I've heard over and over from even experienced teachers that are new to the online space. So I thought I'd create this podcast episode to answer her question so the rest of you can learn as well. Here's what she wrote to me. I am a new YTT grad, and I'm trying to figure out how to start teaching and how Instagram can help me attract clients. I really like teaching online, and I'm interested in creating an online teaching program. But so far, every time I advertise free classes, no one is interested here. I'm doing some research and creating a page sign up and calendar. If you have any advice for a new teacher, I'm all ears. Okay, so before I answer that specific question, I'm going to advise a different strategy for new teachers. As a brand new teacher, the best way to get your first students and clients is through word of mouth and your existing personal network. This is because people tend to want to work with and learn from people that they already know, like, and trust. And you have an advantage with people that you already know and the people that they know. The best way to tap into your personal network is going to be one-on-one. So that could be through social media DMs, but it could also be emails, text messages, or any type of messaging app. You'll send messages to the people that you know, telling them about your new classes and saying that you'd love to see them attend. It's definitely a good idea to offer a first class free so that you're not even asking for money, just offering a gift, which I know you've already said that you're offering free classes. Start with the people you think are most likely to say yes, and then slowly branch out to people who you're less sure about. You can also ask them to invite a friend to spread the word a bit more. And if they're new to yoga, it might actually feel more comfortable for them to try it with a friend. Each of us has a different network. So for some people, this is going to be extremely successful. And for others, it's going to be more challenging. And in many ways, this will depend on your experiences and behavior from the past. If you're naturally outgoing and you're good at making others feel special, you'll have amassed a lot of warmth that you can now tap into. I'm not one of those people, by the way, but if you're listening and you recognize that as your skill set, definitely tap into the goodwill that you've cultivated over your lifetime. Many new yoga teachers give up on reaching out to their personal network before they really give it a chance. Sometimes it's just because they haven't even thought of it, but mostly it's because it's uncomfortable. However, it's really important to know that the alternative is way more work and it's probably just as uncomfortable. So I'm prefacing these five steps with this advice. If you wanna start building up your classes the easy way, reconnect with people you already know and make clear invitations to come to class. If you've given that a sincere try, let's say you've sent at least 100 messages with no response, or 
If you have your own reasons for not wanting to do that, let's talk about other ways to fill your online classes. There are three basic ways to build an audience online. Strategic partnerships, organic search, and ads. Today, I'm going to dive into one angle of organic search, which is social media. If you're curious about other types of organic search that are not social media, this would be things like YouTube, Pinterest, Google, Spotify, and iTunes, basically any platform where people type search terms into a box to find what they're looking for. Although there are definitely a good number of yoga teachers who have successfully leveraged social media to grow a following and fill their classes, it is not the easiest route. Because of the way that social media algorithms work, we tend to see the people who are successful in our feed, but we don't see all the people who are struggling. Okay, so with that said, if you decide that social media is the way you want to go, here are the five steps to attract new clients on social media. One, know what kind of person you're trying to attract so that you can make your invitations feel personal. This is a step that you can kind of get away with skipping when you're reaching out to your personal network, but I still don't recommend it. Even when you are reaching out to your personal network, it is beneficial to have a sense of the type of person you want to work with. And knowing the answer to this question is going to be essential for any of the three methods I mentioned for building an audience online. Now, I know that it is easier said than done. And frankly, this first step is so difficult that many people either skip it or get stuck here. If you skip it, nothing else will work right. If you get stuck, you just won't make any progress. So what's the solution? What I advise to the yoga teachers that I work with is to move forward with the imperfect beginnings of a niche and adapt it as you grow. This does two things. One, committing to a niche is scary, so if you recognize it as temporary, it can reduce some of that fear. And two, it allows the niche to be more of a living entity that's constantly in transition. And in case you're not sold on the importance of this first step yet, I want to be really clear about why it's important. A niche allows you to stand out from the noise for a specific type of person. Because frankly, it's just not possible to stand out from the noise for everybody because there's just too much noise. When your content is too general, it fades into the woodwork. But the more specific it gets, the more useful, clear, and compelling it will become. And by the way, it's not just those specific people who are going to be more attracted to your work. It's also anyone else who can relate so, for example, I created this episode for one specific yoga teacher who happens to be a new yoga teacher, but a lot of more experienced yoga teachers will listen to this as well if they are also struggling to build a following online or on social media specifically. Okay, moving on to step two, once you have a niche or the beginnings of a niche, you'll want to choose your platform carefully. So for example, the person who asked this question asked it on Instagram and said specifically that she's trying to grow on Instagram, but I'm not clear about whether or not she's taken that first step to make sure that she knows who she's trying to attract and that those people are on Instagram, that they use Instagram. You can see why choosing a niche or a specific type of person has to be the first step. 
Without that, you have no idea which platform is right for you. I talk a lot about market research on this podcast, and that's a bigger topic that we don't have time to get into much detail today on this episode. But in this context, it could be as simple as, okay, I know I'm looking to help millennial athletes maintain mobility, and there are a handful of people in my life who fit that description. So pick up the phone and call them or send them a message and ask, what social media platforms do you use on a regular basis? If you don't have people in your life to ask, you could also look at the demographics of different social media platforms as a starting point. Once you've picked your platform and you've confirmed that it's the right platform for your niche, you'll need to learn about that specific platform, how to use it in a way that both captures the attention of the real humans that you want to help, and also the algorithm that determines who sees what content. Remember that the algorithm is a formula that determines what content shows up in your feed on different social media platforms. It also determines what shows up in the feed of the people that you're trying to reach. So it's essential to understand the basics of how this works in order to use social media in a way that will build momentum and help you grow. Once you understand the platform that you've chosen for connecting with your audience, it's time to earn the right to invite your new connections to work with you by creating useful content that does one of three things educates, entertains, and or builds trust. And of course, it's a bonus if it can do two or three of these at the same time. Earlier in this episode, I advised you to tap into your personal network because you've hopefully been investing goodwill in those people already for as long as you've known them. When you're starting with strangers, you need to do the same thing, but it's going to be more deliberate. So the free content you create is an investment in the relationship with the people that you want to work with in the future. There are a ton of ways to create content, and I definitely don't have the time or space to go into all of the different options. But at the simplest level, you could just pull out your smartphone and record yourself talking or even demonstrate a part of your practice in a way that you think would be helpful for the people that you want to work with. I know that I cannot prevent you from overthinking this. But what I can say is the more you get out of your own way and just focus on helping people with your content, the more effective it's going to be. Once you start seeing people respond to your content, that's when you start talking about how to work with you on a regular basis. You'll still want to be creating that helpful trust building content the whole time and plan on thinking of about 80% useful free content and 20% invitations. One mistake that a lot of people make on social media is they get so used to just giving everything away for free that they forget that there's benefit to participating in a transaction where your students commit to showing up for a class, workshop, or training by paying for it. So you can approach your invitations in the same spirit of service, even when there's a financial exchange involved. Don't be afraid to use private messages in a way that's sensitive to the norms of whatever specific platform you're using. For example, it does feel a lot more intimate and presumptuous to send a DM on Facebook than it does on Instagram. So those are the basic steps for building an audience online. You can see it's quite a big project, and when you're first getting started, it's hard to visualize your path forward. 
The key is to focus on the actual people you're trying to help the entire time. Don't get lost in all of the details, the what ifs, the follower numbers, or the comparison trap. A very meta example is that right now I am creating this entire episode for one specific podcast listener. I do know that there are thousands of other yoga teachers like her in the exact same boat. So by answering her specific question, I get to build trust and help all the rest who are listening at the same time. If you don't have people asking you questions yet, that's okay. That's the beauty of knowing your niche. You can do some research by following people who are further along than you are, who serve the same people, and observe what questions they get asked. One word of caution for this, though, don't spend too much time following other people. And if you find yourself feeling crappy when you see their content, make sure you unfollow. For me, unfollowing people whose content I don't enjoy is a part of self-care. And if you want to hear more about boundaries with social media as self-care, make sure to listen to last week's episode called Social Media Pratyahara. That's all for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for caring enough to teach yoga. I hope that in addition to all the work you do, preparing your classes, teaching your classes, trying to put yourself out there on social media, that you're also making time for your personal practice.